0: Regulated militia be necessary to the security of a free state. The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Welcome to another edition of Bearing Arms, Cam and Company. My name is Cam Edwards. So glad you're with us on the program today. Inching ever closer towards Christmas. I I do have an update. The tree is in the house. The tree is in the house. Is it decorated? No. Are the lights up? No. Uh, But the tree is officially in the House. So uh, hopefully by uh, tomorrow, (laughs) I'll be able to tell you that, uh, yes, we are actually ready for Christmas uh, at my place. That is uh, not the case today. And of course, uh, we're never ready for infringements on our right to keep and bear arms, but uh, we have plenty of those on the horizon, uh, particularly in uh, blue states around the nation where anti-gun politicians um, are looking to make 2023, I think, the year of massive resistance uh, to recognizing our inherent and fundamental right to armed self-defense. In Illinois, they are talking about imposing a number of new restrictions on legal gun owners, starting with a ban on the sale and manufacture of so-called assault weapons. Yes, and all existing owners of modern sporting rifles in Illinois would have to register those firearms with the state or else they would become criminals too. Simply maintaining possession of the gun that you lawfully purchased would be a crime in Illinois unless you told the state police where you live, who you are, and what assault weapons you own. With the promise, of course, that you could keep them forevermore, right? Just as long as they know where they are. Yeah, sure. You buy that? I don't buy that either. Uh, In addition to the gun ban... The uh, proposal in Illinois would also raise the age to purchase a firearm, actually to possess a firearm from 18 to 21. You couldn't get a FOID card, firearm or ID card, which you have to have in order to possess a firearm in your home until you're 21 years of age. Uh, you would be permitted to go hunting uh, if you're 18, 19, 20 years old, as long as you're with somebody older than uh, 21 while you do it. Uh, They also want to expand the uh, state's uh, quote-unquote red flag law, the extreme risk protection order. They want to uh, make more people uh, eligible to pursue these red flag orders without actually addressing the fundamental flaws in uh, the ERPO procedures to begin with. Now, on uh, Tuesday, the last public hearing before the uh, Illinois legislature gets back in session was held. Uh, to consider this uh, gun ban, and I got to say, I, I I am somewhat surprised and pleasantly so at the coverage that this hearing received in the uh, Chicago media. The uh, Chicago Tribune headline: "Gun control or gun rights advocates to cry sweeping gun ban proposal." You can't put us all in jail. Chicago Sun Times headline: "Gun rights advocates say assault ban is unconstitutional. Officials say it's essential." Yeah, and uh, both of the uh, Chicago papers there uh, did give, I think, quite a bit of space to the uh, complaints and objections of gun owners and Second Amendment supporters during uh, Tuesday's hearing. Uh, I mentioned Todd Vandermeid, for example, longtime gun rights lobbyist, a guy who's been working on his own beard game as well over the past couple of years, uh, warned that the proposal unveiled last month by Democrats in the Illinois House could lead to, quote, civil disobedience for gun owners like him who believe the bill runs counter to their Second Amendment rights. He says, I don't know how you're going to enforce this. You can't put us all in jail. Gun owners are not going to surrender things. They're not going to turn them in. So I ask you, what is the enforcement mechanism? Are you going to send state police house to house? It's a good question. The The answer supposedly is no, but it does beg the question. I, frankly, I, I think there are a couple of um, even if you how do I put this, even if you don't think that uh, trying to ban our way to safety by criminalizing a fundamental right is idiotic, even if you like that idea. I don't understand the logic, the gun control logic uh within this ban. So on the one hand, uh we're battlefield weapons are what we've got to take them off the streets immediately. No civilians should be allowed to possess them. Unless you already own them, in which case I guess you're fine. All right? That doesn't make any sense. So, no. Why would I, as an Illinois gun owner, not that I'm an Illinois gunner, but why would I, as a gun owner, if I lived in Illinois, trust Democrats when they say, Listen. All you got to do is tell us what you own and where you live, and, uh, and 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 you're good to go. You don't have to worry about uh, us coming back and you know removing that grandfather clause, as we've seen anti-gun states do when it comes to things like magazine ban. As we've seen, Connecticut Governor Ned Lamont suggests when it comes to that state's ban on so-called assault, but no, 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 no. I don't have to worry about any of that stuff. Just tell us who you are, where you live, and what guns you own, and uh, we promise we won't molest you in the future. <laughs> um. I don't think there are many Illinois gun owners who are dumb enough to believe that, quite frankly. But that's not the only problem with the uh, ban, of course. Uh, John Weber with the uh, NRA testifying during Tuesday's hearing, uh, criticizing the, uh, the, the term uh, assault weapon, saying that uh, it's a manufactured term that uh, gun control advocates use to describe AR-15s and other firearms. I agree. I've always said that uh, the real definition of assault weapon is gun I want to ban whatever gun that might be. Weber contended that the proposal discriminates against 18 to 20 year olds by prohibiting them from hunting, again, unless they are with a uh, an adult over the age of 21, and also argued that a magazine restriction that was part of the 1994 federal uh, gun ban, which expired in 2004, was ineffective, not to mention perhaps uh, unconstitutional. Um, Vandermeid uh, also uh, uh, acknowledged or also pointed out, in addition to uh, you know noting that, hey, um, there's no real enforcement mechanism here that I'm aware of, other than you know you find somebody, maybe you arrest them, unless you're going to go door to door. Uh, Vandermine promised a court challenge. He said, we'll see you in court. We will take that to court with four Supreme Court decisions behind us, because I don't think you're asking the right question. And then he said the question is, how are you going to enforce this? I think the real question – I mean, listen, there are lots of questions uh, surrounding uh, – the gun control proposals there in Illinois. Why do you think this is constitutional? How are you going to enforce this? How effective will this be? Do you not give a damn about people's fundamental right of self-defense? I think all those are pertinent questions. Uh, now, as to the, uh, I'll, actually, I'll give you one more quote from uh, from the opposition to gun control, and then we'll talk about some of these supporters and what they had to say. Uh, Ed Sullivan, who's a former state legislator, who's also a, a contract lobbyist for the Illinois State Rifle Association. Uh, said, uh, quote, the reality is there is no answer. Both sides don't really understand each other. The gap is going to be tough to bridge. And he said that the new penalties for those caught with so-called assault weapons and, uh, quote-unquote, large-capacity magazines would devastate black and brown communities. He says the bill keeps alive systemic racism as it applies to the Second Amendment. I can take my firearms, my magazines, I can go across the border, I have the means, but what about the people that don't? What about the people? You should just criminalize them? Well, I'm sure that the Democrats would say, no, we're not criminalizing people. We're just criminalizing activities, criminalizing uh, you know extreme measures like uh, modern sporting rifles uh, being allowed to exist, things of that nature, right? Uh, and proponents of this uh, bill argued, all right, well, if it's not a gun ban, then what's your solution? State Representative Justin Slaughter, Southside Democrat, who sits on the Judiciary Committee, uh, declared that the proposals aren't meant to infringe on anyone's Second Amendment rights, but he uh, told the Second Amendment advocates that were testifying that uh, backers of their position have yet to offer any solutions that address mental health issues or, quote, looking at this through a public health crisis lens. Todd Vandermeid replied that it's unfair for someone like him to have to give up his rights to uncertain certain firearms because of people who traffic in illegal guns or use them to commit violent crimes. He says, I didn't sell on these guns. I didn't bring those guns in here. I'm not running into the city on the weekend to shoot it up. So again, why are law-abiding gun owners and responsible citizens being targeted here? I would also argue to Representative Slaughter that uh, these gun control bills do nothing to address mental health either. As for the idea that, uh, well, we should be looking at this uh, through a public health lens. Okay, let's let's do that for just a second. How do we look at uh, things like drug overdoses through a public health lens, according to the left? We need things like supervised injection sites, right? We need to make sure that there's Narcan everywhere so that if we run across somebody having an overdose, we can uh, revive them, right? Uh, we should not, however, criminalize drug addiction. We shouldn't, according to the left. We, we, we. Have these same Democrats in in Illinois, right? Legalization or, or decriminalization of uh, you know personal amounts of drugs—that's probably the way to go. Uh, we need to make sure the folks get treatment, that they're not just thrown into prison, right? That, that's a harm reduction model. That's how the left views a public health model dealing with drug addiction. And by the way, in the United States last year, there were more fentanyl overdose deaths, just fentanyl, more fentanyl overdose deaths than all gun-related fatalities, homicides, suicides, accidents, negligence combined more fentanyl deaths. So yeah, if we want to talk about public health approaches, let's talk about public health approaches. But why is it that the public health approach to dealing with violent crime is so different than the public health approach when it comes to combating drug addiction? Again, when it's about drugs, well, we got to do what we can to save the addict's life. We got to ensure that there's treatment. Got to make sure that again, while they're going through addiction while they're dealing with addiction, that they've got a a safe and supervised place for them to shoot up so that they don't overdose. Meanwhile, it's an abstinence-based policy when it comes to gun violence, right? Nothing about teaching how to be a responsible gun owner. Nothing about ensuring that people grow up knowing not only their rights but their responsibilities. No, the answer is don't touch a gun. Not that one over there, not that one over there. Don't touch a gun, Right. No gun stores in Chicago. No gun ranges in Chicago. If folks want Chicago to be a safer place, why aren't they doing what they can to ensure that people know how to be safe and responsible to firearms in Chicago? I mean, that'd be my question to Representative Slaughter. And more specifically, again, if if you want to talk about solutions that address mental health issues, then do that. But banning the most commonly sold rifle in America doesn't address mental health. Banning quote unquote large capacity magazines doesn't address mental health. Depriving adults under the age of 21 from exercising their Second Amendment rights doesn't address mental health. And oh, yeah, red flag laws don't address mental health. There is no mental health component to Illinois' extreme risk protection order. Someone can be declared by a judge to be a danger to themselves or others, and you know what happens? They take away any illegally owned firearms. They revoke their FOID card, they say you can't buy a gun, and they consider the problem to be solved. Now, I don't know about you, but to me, if someone is a danger to themselves or others, it's the individual that needs help. It's the individual that needs treatment. It's the individual that needs to be the focus of any efforts to intervene here. Not any particular object that they might own. Well, if you take that away, all right, problem solved. No. So, Representative Slaughter, you want to do something about mental health? Do something. But this ain't it. Now, one of the other uh, proponents of the ban, uh, Cook County Sheriff Tom Dart. And I got to warn (laughs) you, the uh, Chicago Sun-Times reporting on Sheriff Dart's comments demonstrate Some ignorance on the part of the reporter here. Let's see if you can uh, find this. Cook County Sheriff Tom Dart warned that the number of quote-unquote assault weapons and extended magazines used to make guns fully automatic are increasing every year and are being found everywhere. Now, I don't think that Sheriff Dart actually said that uh, magazines and the number of modern sporting rifles that are out there uh, make these guns fully automatic magazines don't turn a semi-automatic firearm into a fully automatic firearm. What I believe the Chicago Sun-Times writer was referring to were the auto sears, the Glock switches that would also be even more illegal under this uh, gun control proposal in Illinois. Now, these things are already illegal under federal law, but uh Illinois wants to make them illegal under state law. Um uh, these are the, you know, the little plastic doodads. A lot of them come from China. Uh they can also be printed on 3D printers. Um and yes, they can illegally uh convert a semi-automatic firearm to fully automatic fire where one pull of the trigger multiple bullets shoot out. Again, these are already illegal under federal law to possess. Uh in fact, the ATF considers the device themselves to be uh, itself to be a, a a a machine gun quote unquote. Um uh, but Sheriff Dart thinks that uh somehow the gun ban and these other proposals are are, are, are going to make a difference, he says. I've been sheriff now for 16 years. I was a prosecutor for many years as well, and I can honestly tell you, in all my years of doing this, it's never been this bad. Not only is the amount of weapons that, uh, is it the amount of weapons has exploded, but the lethality, he says, is absolutely stunning. And he came equipped with several of those uh, switches that the sheriff's uh, office has confiscated. Now again, these are already illegal to possess. So every one of those devices that the sheriff comes across, his office could refer those cases to the U.S. Attorney's Office for prosecution. How often that's happening, I don't know. Uh, And again, given the criminal justice reforms that Illinois Democrats have put in place, it's unclear what punishment might uh, be coming for anybody uh, uh, caught with a glock switch under Illinois law. This is another issue that Todd Vandermine pointed out. Lawmakers are doing everything they can. On the one hand, supposedly to try to keep people out of prison, right? Where we're gonna, we're gonna, uh, you can get out without having to post bail or bond on huge laundry list of charges. Uh, we want to do everything we can to avoid incarceration. At the same time, they're saying that they're trying to create a host of new nonviolent possessory crimes that they would carve out of a fundamental civil right. Yeah. So, as I mentioned, I don't really get the gun control logic or the lack thereof. But um, I do clearly see the hypocrisy at work. Uh, So that is the final public hearing for the uh, bill, at least before the new year. And then it is expected that Illinois Democrats are going to try to rush this thing through. I know uh, Governor J.B. Pritzker said he wanted to have something by his desk by June Presumably so he could sign it uh, on or around the one-year anniversary of the Highland Park shooting. Uh, but I, I suspect that uh, Illinois Democrats are going to try to get this done as quickly as possible. June would be too late. Uh, they, they know, I think, that the longer they drag this out, the more opposition is going to show up and the louder that opposition is going to be. They may also uh, have to deal with some court cases that cut against What it is that they're trying to do here, Uh, you know, we covered at bearing arms earlier today, the state of Texas deciding not to appeal a a judge's uh, decision, granting an injunction that blocks the state's ban on concealed carry for under 21s. So they're going to let that judge's decision stand. Uh, and the judge ruled that the Texas law in question was likely going to be unconstitutional because there are no historic analogs, either at the time of the founding or at the time of the ratification of the 14th Amendment, that deprived young adults of their right to keep and bear arms. And that's exactly what Illinois is trying to do here. So Todd Vandermeier is right when he says that, yeah, there are going to be court cases coming here. But the longer these legislators delay in uh, implementing their gun ban plans, uh, the more likely it is that they're going to have to wrestle with not only the opposition of gun owners in the state, but from adverse court decisions from across the country as well. We obviously will be following uh, everything that's going on in Illinois as the uh, bill makes its way through the legislature. We'll be talking with some of those uh, voices that I quoted today on the program as well. But uh, I I think Todd Vandermite is right. We are likely to see if this bill becomes law, widespread civil disobedience, uh And frankly, a, a fair amount of disproportionate enforcement in the Chicagoland area, uh, as opposed to downstate, I think this is going to has potential to revitalize the Second Amendment sanctuary movement in Illinois, which already has seen dozens of counties uh, declare themselves to be Second Amendment sanctuaries. Um This is a bad idea on multiple levels, but <laughs> that's. That's not going to stop Democrats from turning an awful bill infringing on the right to keep bear arms into a terrible, terrible law. All right, let's turn our attention now to today's Armed citizen story, our good deed of the day, and our recidivist report. Why don't we actually start with a story from Chicago? Yeah, since uh, we've been talking about Illinois and the uh, rise in violent crime in, in Chicago, Sheriff Dart says, I've never seen anything like it before. Violent crime is actually a lot worse or was a lot worse in the late 80s and the early 1990s than it is today, but whatever. Uh, CWB Chicago says uh, a man who committed two robberies on the Chicago Transit Authority while on bail for having a gun on the Chicago Transit Authority uh, is uh, now facing charges. And according to prosecutors, by the way, the Chicago Transit Authority, a gun-free zone. Yeah. So even if you are a concealed carry holder, the uh, city of Chicago has said, listen, it's far too dangerous for us to allow uh, concealed carry holders to, to carry willy nilly on public transportation. My goodness gracious. Can you imagine what would happen if we had concealed carry holders on buses and trains all across the city? Of course, their gun free zone is not gun free. Clearly. Uh, Romeo Barner is not the only individual arrested in Chicago for illegally carrying a firearm, not only without a concealed carry license, but again, on public transportation. CWB Chicago actually first reported on Barner last month after prosecutors said that he and three others attacked and robbed a man on the red line uh, back in late October. But now prosecutors are accusing him of committing another robbery less than a week later uh, back on November the 5th, on the Orange Line, on a train near the Halstead station. So, this was again on a moving train. According to prosecutors, a Barner and an accomplice a, uh, sat across from the victim. Barner asked the man what size shoe he wore. The victim didn't reply. Uh, Barner then continued Do you want those shoes? What kind of phone do you have? Does it have a lock code on it? The victim not saying a word, but Barner kept going. He said, Look, this can go the easy way or the hard way according to prosecutors. And at that point, Barner stood up, punched the victim several times in the head. His accomplice then joined in. Three other accomplices arrived and another passenger tried to intervene and join the fight. That's when Barner pushed the victim a victim back onto his seat, took his phone, punched him in the face, then searched his pockets. One of the accomplices advised him, just give up your shit, and this will go a lot easier. That's the reality of crime in Chicago. Mr. Barner's not getting a concealed carry license. Mr. Barner's not going to a gun store. Mr. Barner doesn't have a FOID card. And guys like Mr. Varner don't give a, Mr. Barner don't give a damn what the gun laws in Chicago or the state of Illinois are. They don't care what the laws against robbing people are, for that matter. But again, if you are a responsible gun owner, if you are a peaceable gunner, if you're just somebody who wants to get from point A to point B and back home at the end of the day safe and sound, Illinois doesn't want you to do that. Your lawmakers want to make it harder for you to protect yourself. Your law, In fact, your lawmaker, well, hopefully not your specific lawmaker, But the Democrats in charge of the Illinois State Legislature seem to want to give guys like Mr. Barner the upper hand over their intended victims. Yeah. We got to do what we can to make sure that Mr. Barner doesn't stay behind bars while he's facing uh, these charges. Uh, But you being able to protect yourself against someone like Romeo Barner? Yeah. Yeah, you're out of luck when it comes to that, at least in uh, Illinois. Uh, Today's armed citizen story from uh, Georgia, DeKalb County, Georgia, the constitutional carry state of Georgia, which, again, does not eradicate crime. Crime still exists in constitutional carry states, uh, but at least we don't see these efforts to uh, uh, claim that we can reduce crime by infringing on people's right of self-defense. And in DeKalb County, a 19-year-old who apparently tried to uh, engage in a home invasion was shot and killed by one of the uh, homeowners inside. We don't have a lot of information. This happened uh, Tuesday night, and so there is uh, still a lot of uh, outstanding information. But we do know that officers arrived around uh, 740 last night to a home in DeKalb County after getting a call about a person who had been shot. When officers arrived, they found a 19-year-old Antoine June uh, with uh, gunshot wounds. He was taken to a local hospital in critical condition. He later passed away from his injuries. During their investigation, however, police determined that June was armed and was actually trying to rob his victims when he was shot by the uh, armed homeowners. At this time, police say they have not arrested anyone. They do not expect any charges will be filed because, again, the uh, shooting of Antoine June was an act of self-defense. Finally today, our good deed of the day, in the right place, at the right time, willing and able to do the right thing. A story that hits kind of close to home for me, although this is a story out of uh, uh, Madison, Wisconsin. Horse runs off with a baby in Amish buggy. Good Samaritan reunites family. Yeah, we have um, we have a lot of new Amish neighbors where I live over the past couple of years. In fact, my neighbor across the street. Uh, He is Amish. He and his family have uh, uh, opened up a a produce stand. They're getting ready to open up, I believe, an Amish market, perhaps even an Amish restaurant. A lot of construction taking place. And by the way, I'm not one of those NIMBY people. I moved to the country so that I could have more freedom. So when my neighbor moves over, starts building stuff on his property, I'm not going to give him a hard time about it. It's his property. He can do what he wants. He can open up a shooting range. I'd be there every weekend. Anyway, I like my Amish neighbors. Uh, And I like the fact that uh, we have more of them moving in where I am. But it is it it takes some getting used to. Um, We've had several awful traffic accidents involving horses and buggies. We've had people killed, uh, Amish families, kids who've been left orphaned, uh, you know, because uh, people aren't paying attention to where they're driving. It takes some getting used to. You got to keep an eye out for your neighbors. And that's exactly what happened in uh, Madison, Wisconsin, not involving a traffic accident, but, again, that uh, buggy that ran away. According to the Grant's, uh, Grant County Sheriff's Office, they got a call uh, last Friday morning about uh, 1030 that a, a baby in a horse-drawn buggy had gone missing in Hickory Grove Township. Officials say the uh, infant's mom had tied the horse and buggy to a pole there at the home, but the horse was able to work itself loose and then rode off with the baby still inside the buggy. Uh, Law enforcement responded. Sheriff's Office, the uh, Bo Police Department all went off in search of the buggy and the baby. They briefed surrounding agencies so they could help as well. But it was actually a good Samaritan uh, who had heard about what was going on, who eventually found the baby and the buggy. Uh, together, baby still safe and snug, wrapped in a blanket inside that buggy. EMS uh, checked out the infant; said the child was in good condition. Uh, hopefully, mom has learned a couple of extra knots there when she's uh, tying up the horse and buggy to the pole at the barn and the family home. And uh, this doesn't happen again. But in the right place at the right time, willing and able to do the right thing for a neighbor in need, that good Samaritan there in uh, Grant County, Wisconsin, coming to the aid of the Amish family who were uh, missing their baby and. They're bugging. now that is going to do it for this edition of bearing arms cam and company i want to thank you for being a part of the program as always looking forward to being back with you again tomorrow for the uh probably next to last cam and company of uh, 2022 we'll talk more about that on tomorrow's program in the meantime i'd encourage you to head over to bearingarms.com throughout the day check out what's going on with your right to keep in bear arms we're keeping you up to date all day long and if you like what you see i'd also encourage you to become a vip member Maybe even a VIP Gold member, and you can get all kinds of great access throughout the Town Hall Media Library of Families. No, let me try that again. The Town Hall Media Family of websites—that's what I meant to say, including BarrenArms.com. In all you got to do: go to BarrenArms.com/slash-subscribe. Use the promo code GunRights, and you can get a significant savings on your membership, as well as opening yourself up to all kinds of exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. We'll be back tomorrow. Until then, be well. Be safe and be free.